Toronto Maple Leafs hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. Somewhat disappointed, Sammy, that they don't get to see Sid chasing his 500th career goal mm-hmm. in the NHL. But let's bring in our next guest, Gord Stellick. Are you as equally disappointed, Stellectricity? Hey, uh, Kipper and Bourne and Sammy. I um, I don't know. Disappointed. You know, I, I'd rather the I'd rather he score at home. I like them scoring at home. So yeah, I know Sammy and I were kind of kidding about it the other day, saying, okay, if he doesn't score against Philadelphia, say Leafs win five one tonight and Sydney gets goal number five hundred. But uh, I think uh, no, I got I got bigger lives than you guys. I guess you know whatever. <laughs> I just think I think yeah, uh, more peripherally. So no, no problem at all here, Kipper. Well. Justin may be too young to ask this, but you've been around to have seen the you, you caught the late sixties. Let's put it that way. <laughs> You're right into the wheelhouse of of the Marcel Dion's, the Sittlers, the Gilbert Perros, right into the Gretzky's and Lemieux's, and now where. Is Sid in all of this, in your opinion, amongst the best in history? Yeah, I still remember my dad taking me to that game against the Montreal Maroons, and you know that, that was that was uh, wow. You never, Arenas. you never, yeah, yeah. The uh, good, good. What was their what was their top three lines like down the middle? Uh, they had uh, Spuds Finnegan and uh, Oriol Joliet and um, and uh, Lucy and Bouchard. I yeah. think were the three. I couldn't. Yeah, if I may, I may and he stand could stop corrected. on a dime. Uh. Okay, so there's five from the era that the three of us are involved. Two go to Pittsburgh. Two go to Edmonton in uh, in 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 Kretzky, uh, and in in in. Connor McDavid, and then of course Mario Lemieux and Sidney Crosby, and then I've I've let Ovi slide into slide into that era as far as the recent era. Eric, Eric Lindros had a chance for a bit, but I mean, you know, those are the five. Um, Marcel Dion, boy, it's so unfortunate. Like nowadays, with all the TV stations, you get to see him play, but that that really is an, uh, a real treasure that we didn't get to see enough of when he was playing out in Los Angeles. But you know, he certainly would be up there. But you really wouldn't see those guys a heck of a lot. And then I I, I look at guys that I considered incredibly underrated, like Peter Stastny. I thought he was a really uh, underrated player. I thought Dale Howarchuk was kind of an underrated player. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, you 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 know you kind of go from uh, Dion to 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 Gretzky, I mean, there's the Belleville era, the end of it, which I really didn't see. So, yeah, Sydney, I mean, that 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 is rarefied air for sure. Gordon, we've been uh, talking about non-Leafs things. It's been Eichel talk, and you know, around the NHL while we're waiting for the Leafs to play some hockey, they're back again or back again tonight. Wanted to get your thoughts on what to expect from this Leafs team with Dermot back in the lineup, uh, Lilligren out. You know, where are the Toronto Leafs, uh, Maple Leafs, right now? What are you looking to see? Yeah. Oh, and by the way, last thing about Sid, he played in Ramouski. That is way off the beaten track. When I was, we were driving Justin to Halifax to go to Dalhousie, you really mm-hmm. realize that he he was playing in a small, small town as junior for a couple of years. But uh, well, t- tonight, I, I I think Justin, these are two similar teams. I mean, the Penguins have more playoff success, have Stanley Cup rings recently, but you look at, you know, strong up front. Um, depth scoring is key, and of course the Penguins are getting, I don't know if you call Jake Gensel and Brian Russ, that's not really depth, that's sort of beyond depth, right. but the D to your point, I, I think and especially the D depth is key and 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 for me, moving forward, like I'm, I'm really 
uh, pleased the way the Maple Leaf team is playing by and large. There's really consistency that you want to keep heading into the playoffs because it's a pretty pretty solid, consistent level of play that they've been playing at. And now you're kind of in the have and have not division that it's it's really fait accompli who's got who's in and who's not going to be in. But I, I'm I'm looking, you know, can. You know, are, are we hope are, are we watching? Because you know, and and Kepper, you guys have been there when you played or you watched, and you hope against hope. Gord Stella, can he can he get to that next step? He's teased us before, and then you know, some of them just don't, and you got to figure out where to slot them or cut bait or move in a different direction. But that that's where, whether it's more consistency of Jake Muzzin, Justin Hall, about being you know like three four Ds, whether it's the depth can 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 Dermot give you minutes? Is he a guy you can put out in the playoffs? I mean, uh, he, he seemed like he was going to be that guy I don't know why you kind of you kind of you languish for a while not able not even get to that level but also even the glimpses he showed not being able to get to the level he actually showed on a more regular basis so I would think that's what I'm what what I'm looking at the most Justin whether it's tonight or here on in for the Toronto Maple Leafs well Dermot better because there there isn't much of a choice here Gord we just had uh, Brian Burke moments ago and he talked about being capped out 150,000 there there's no there's nothing special that's going to happen to the Pittsburgh Penguins between now and March 21st. And I'm starting to get that feeling now. They, they claim Adam Brooks off of waivers. They've got him back on waivers because they have no cap room themselves. Lilligren, who's probably done better than anyone thought up until this point, can't even play tonight because they've got to create more cap room. So he's down. Dermot's in. It doesn't shape up to be... Uh, a deadline that's going to come in and, and, and add a tremendous amount. It might just be, it is what it is here. And, uh, and I think, you know, Lilligren getting 25 minutes in the AHL for a few games, that's not a bad thing at all. That's not a bad thing at all. But you're, you're right about, you know, being hard. And, boy, Pittsburgh, Jake Gensel, third year of a five-year contract at $6 million per season. That may the, be the best club-friendly contract for a guy who's, at, like, at a 100-point pace right now. But on the Leafs' side, um, you know, let's throw Justin Braun's name out. I think it's 1.8 he makes. Uh, you, you're, you're looking at depth guys that you, you hope you can add and whether it is uh, a Seattle or whether, you know, whether it is an Arizona, uh, whether it's somebody that takes a contract and unfortunately you probably have to give up a draft pick along with that contract for the rest of the way. Uh, that's where Kyle Dubas and, and Ron Hextel uh, may just have to get creative because if you're against the cap, uh, there's no other team that's going to help you in that direction unless they get something back. It's, 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 it's a big chip to give you cap relief. So, you know, a team geared for the playoffs isn't going to give you cap relief. Gord, I, I wrote something for uh, Sportsnet.ca on Andre Kasha this week and how he, he just puts himself in some bad spots. He gets hit really hard really often, but he's also become such a crucial in part, uh, you know, part of the least depth. Do you think a player who's you know, 26, middle of his career, can change the way he plays to protect himself a little bit, or does he have to play this way to be the guy he is? Yeah, it's funny because Wayne Gretzky, Justin, made that remark about Alexander Ovechkin. He's had a knack of not getting injured when he, when he, you know, mentioned why he thinks he's going to break his record. And I, I don't know what it is. I mean, Ovi plays incredibly physical, and Wayne Gretzky's right. He has a, a knack of not getting hurt over all those seasons. And uh, it's it's funny. It's um, uh, I. You know, you, you think, is it, is it common? I, I haven't seen him enough to say, does he have a propensity to make him put himself in vulnerable situations? Does he keep his head down too much? I, I, I and, then, and then on the flip side, if you start playing the game with kids' gloves, then all of a sudden you're not playing the game the way you do. 
So that that's a tough one. I, I got I gotta believe. I mean, you know, I, I I mentioned Lindros before. I think he was an example of guy. The guy came in like a bull in a china shop when he started, and and he's a guy that probably should have stopped trying to bulldoze everybody all the time, and it probably would have you know would have led to you know less concussions and things of that type. But in in Cashier, you just hope like he gets a catches a wave of wave of health and good fortune. But you know, changing your game that that that's a dangerous recipe, especially when your game's going well. If we look at the forwards on a whole, there's there's no concern up front. The blue line for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and then we've talked about needing depth guys down the, the stretch or taking a run at the Stanley Cup with maybe a, a five, six, or seventh D-man. But then you look at Jake's, Jake Muzzin's season, Gord, and if you were to do a scale from one to ten, from mild concern to serious concern, what number would you give Jake Muzzin? Okay, so the higher number I take is more the concern, correct, rather than uh, correct. The, the, okay, so you know, early on I would have had an eight. Now I have a five. You know, just uh, okay. I just you know that that's that's kind of where it's at. And yeah, so we're talking about the uh, um, and he's probably tired of it, thinking, hey, can I not have a good game? Will people see see beyond when I actually have a good game? But I think it's because more it's a, it's it's a, an appreciation for what he's brought to the team since he came from Los Angeles, and which. You know, doesn't which seems to have been and, and Justin Hall. We know his ride at the start of the year was really, really difficult. And you know, again, those those are two guys that have been a little bit off their oats, so it seems for some reason. So uh, that that's where you know you can get back on it, or or you hope just that consistency comes back. But yeah, the D quantity and quality wise is my one concern for this uh, second half of the season. You know, one thing that I think doesn't get a lot of play here in Toronto is like one of their successes is. The hiring of Sheldon Keefe, and, you know, I know I come from a position of bias on that, you know, having a relationship with him. Um, but, man, have they had a ton of success since they've been here or since he's been here. Do you believe that if it were anyone else behind the bench, the results would be the same? This is purely a roster-based thing? Or, you know, I, I'm obviously, I've given you my take on that. But do you see something from him that has allowed this team to continue to have success? He doesn't get enough credit. Doesn't get enough credit, yeah. Justin. I think that's a great point you make. That I, I, uh, you know, I, I go back. The, the the toughest sledding he had to do was taking over from Mike Babcock, a team that was kind of like where you vision the New York Islanders and Philadelphia Flyers right now. And you know, granted, the Leafs had more time to get out of that abyss, but it it, it was not a dissimilar situation. I've uh, uh, I've really. Uh, and, I, and I like the way he's grown and evolved. Like a lot of those guys, uh, you were with the Marley, so he had a, a you know a history with him going into it, which could be a good thing or a bad thing. And in his case, it was a positive thing. And yeah, I, I've and I've even liked you know his his. I, and I hope he does not stop speaking out from time to time post game, even though he walked back the last time a bit just because that word soft got 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 out there. Uh, but I I, uh, I I've really liked his feel and the way he's handled things. And also, I think he acknowledges the glass. Last year in the playoffs, it's on everybody. It's on Shanahan, it's on Dubas, it's on the players, it's on whatever. And it's also on the coach that, you know, maybe looking back said, geez, I should have maybe figured out, like, stop churning out the same old line, understand that whether it's Deneau or whatever just seems to have their number. And that, I, I think at times that's why you're seeing maybe uh, trying out few things to get. If I have to go a little bit more balanced and get three consistent lines, uh, that's an option. I might go a little quicker in the playoffs this time around. Not the easiest scenario for Sheldon to come in and, and, and cut his teeth either following Mike Babcock and this market. So, I mean, he's still learning. There's still going to be some mistakes, including uh, 
putting certain guys in certain positions and maybe even saying something that draws a lot more emotion than he first anticipated at a at a press conference. But I agree overall. Um, he's, he's come along in a, in a short period of time. You know, Kippy, here's the thing that doesn't matter, wins or losses as well. Um, I just feel he's the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mike Babcock was a mercenary. You know, we've had that on different sides. And if they win a championship, that's great. I mean, the ultimate player mercenary was Kawhi Leonard, but he, you know, helped bring a championship on the basketball side. And I, I, I actually like that the, you know, the fact he's from the Marlies that he just, I don't know, he just seems more Ron Wilson. Again, another mercenary. Like Sheldon Keefe just seems like a Toronto guy. Paul Maurice was a Toronto guy. You know, just different guys along the way. So uh, I, I like that because he's sort of under, there's intangibles about what's special about this market, the fabric about this market. And, and I and I don't think it really can be discounted. But you, you know, you're you're right, Kippy. As far as uh, it's 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 an interesting kind of pressure because uh, again, we'll talk about everything and the best game. You'll keep going back to the lack of playoff success, which. I don't know if there's any of the other 31 teams that has the same kind of pressure that they've got to win one playoff round this time around. And, you know, Sheldon Keith certainly wasn't involved for uh, the first few, but, you know, the last couple he's been involved and the last couple are against teams that we viewed the Leafs should have been the favorite. And they probably, there's a good chance they won't get uh, in the first two rounds a team that they could arguably be favored about. Maybe it'd be kind of even Steven. And, and, and that's, a, that's, that's a big challenge uh, that he and the team are going to have to face. Well, what are your thoughts on how they stack up against the other good team in the East, the other good teams? Because I was watching that Carolina game against Florida. Florida's, you know, physical, and Bennett is going after guys, and um, Gudis is going after guys. They've got all the elements. They score goals like crazy. Tampa Bay, we know what they've done. Tampa Bay's got a fourth line there, Belmar, Maroon, and Perry, who have the best goals for percentage in the NHL. Um, can they hang with teams like that that are that deep and a little more physical? Yeah, give me more of that last night, right, Justin? Give me oh, more man, of those Oh, man, that was games. good hockey. Yeah, yeah. And Florida was off for something like 18 days, so you you know you expected them to be, instead, to be rusty. Instead, they were incredible sharp. To answer your question, uh, the Leafs have won different ways this first time. Like uh, again, I used the Winnipeg game as the one that got a little bit extra physical. And you know what? The Leafs were fine. The Leafs were fine. That that's not their number one mantra to play that style. But they were fine. The the, the different ways. Um, I I like that the, the way they were able to compete. Uh, you talk about the depth and. You know, we finally kind of know the third line instead of trying the Freddie Goches of the world out and others and these interchangeable pieces. And, you know, once they lost Kapanen and Janssen, they, they you know, because of cap reasons that they kind of had to keep trying at, uh, at, at the lowest dollar rate to uh, find someone's fitting in. And you know, we talk about Nick Ritchie is the one piece that didn't, but there's three pieces that did uh, in, 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 in Bunting and, and Camp and, and Kasia. So uh, I, I've liked that. Again, I'll go back to the D. Again, I'll go back to the D, that being my my kind my concern. And, you know, again, boy, even a Zach Bogosian, though, I mean, those kind of guys, you know, just that kind of guy, that kind of steadiness would, would, would be someone to add. But but I, I, I like the different ways that they've won games this year. Well, and this has the, been the blueprint all along from Kyle Dubas is that we will create a team that can contend, if not win the Stanley Cup, and we will outskill you. That hasn't really changed and we can talk about the buntings and the kashas still coming in and maybe looking a little bit uh heavier at times with kasha and and the and the four check they got one of the best four checking teams in the league but ultimately there doesn't appear to be a, a Corey perry that could take out a Tavares in the first round let me just put it that way 
Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's funny. Again, we go back to the skilled players. And, man, again, it'll go on. Like, Mitch Marner's playing as good as he's ever played, but he'll have to do that in the playoffs again. And he did do with the playoffs in his first two years. All I can tell you, um, uh, I'm not about firing people, but if they do not win the first round of the playoffs and the first executive that used the word process and they've got to keep doing the process <laughs> is gone, okay? That's all I can tell you about that. But, yeah, you, you know, just that that – that that intangible that that it factor that that you know Gary Volk gave years ago not just he got the big goal in overtime against the the Penguins in that '99 playoff series but you know he he, he contributed in, in a in a bigger way in the playoffs and you know Mark Fraser I thought was a, a defenseman that was playing his best hockey and unfortunately got hurt in that playoff series against the Boston Bruins and 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 you're right Kippy that you're you know, and, and and maybe that's on the deadline there is that kind of player that it doesn't cost you anything money wise and you figure out that has that intangible that Corey Perry Corey Perry that seemingly harmless pickup by the Montreal Canadiens last year uh if, if they're looking to add something on the depth wise on the forward side because you're right they, they don't have when you don't have playoff success you, you don't have that player that has the individual playoff success that consistently as game rises year after year did you did you fire Kyle Dubas not winning in the first round is that what I heard no, 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 He's Kippy. No, Kippy. Yeah, Kippy. You know, you're 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 hearing tests, but you got a lot more important things to take care of before that, Kippy. So uh, we can put that in the back. But definitely get your hearing. I just, I, I just, I do not want to hear. We have to stick with the process, and I, I would, uh, I, and and, I'll, and I don't want to hear it. The people out there, they don't want to hear it. Sammy doesn't want to hear it. No more process. Sammy's Absolutely. still drying his pants. I Results. Think. Gord, uh, awfully quiet. No dog, no park. Just in your little studio. Yeah, yeah. I'm down. I'm down. When you when we had the meeting and you saw like the washing, the 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 laundry basket and other stuff in the background, whatever. But uh, I am because uh, you know you know what I'm doing, Justin. I'm I'm using the uh, Waze app to figure out where Scotiabank Arena is because I'm heading Aha. down there. And the last time I used it was to visit Kippy, and it just shows here that you tour down there, and then you got to go by the guardhouse, and you drive over the moat, and then you, you, check, in, <laughs> you, check, you check in there with Kippy's valet and all that. And anyway, I'm just going to move that now, just punching Scotiabank Arena so I can kind of kind of get reacquainted with the direction down there because the game is on the fan tonight. You know, you're welcome anytime. Anytime. I may not be there, but you're welcome anytime. <laughs> Gord, thanks for your time, pal. Enjoy the game tonight. We look forward I to your do, call. And it, I, I will do that and talk to you guys down the road, okay? All Take right, care. Gord, Gord Stellick, host of Leaf Nation on the Fan 590 and Sportsnet. You have a castle, Kipper? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm the downgrading guy now. You are. The kids, kids are out are of the gone. house. Yes. Don't need it all anymore. Just simple. I got to tell you, Pack pretty light. good place in your life when you're like, I'm going to downgrade willingly because I've, I've downgraded unwillingly before. And that's less fun. I can't wait for tonight, boys. I'm extremely excited. We're both in the building. Yeah, you, going uh, back. Yeah, it's just, you know, having some fans. I know 50%, but by the way, 10, is it 10,000, 10, I guess? Well, in 50%, who's counting? Yeah, it's that's like, a good question. Like, when I went to that Canada soccer game, kicking people out. Yeah, when I went to that Canada soccer game, it was like, oh, that looked like a little more. I'm MLSC. I'm like, yeah, bring a security guard in here. Is there an usher with a clicker? Have you seen that gif of the security guard just like fake testing people? That's that's what it's going to be tonight. Yeah, you got COVID? No, you're good. Okay, go in. But Sid coming into town, like just off, fresh off for 500 red hot penguins. Like, I, it's a treat. The one time I went to watch Crosby in person was at Nassau Coliseum. I got in the box. Uh, I was there nice and early to watch him warm up. He came out. He stretched his groin. And then he left. 
No. <laughs> like his groin wasn't feeling right and he didn't play that no. night. So I've actually never seen Sid play in what? person. Wow. Well, I've only seen him once. So No, twice. Twice. Seen him twice. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where, we like, when I went into the old way, you used to go into Scotiabank Arena, you'd walk past the visitor dressing room to get up to the media gondola. And he was there, like, taping his stick, and I, like, walked past him, and I was like, oh, my God. Do we that's do, do we have an email address that people can write us to, or is it just the text line? Just text line. Why? I would just like to hear people's stories of almost seeing people. It's every a great time one. I say, hey, yeah. save that for tomorrow. Okay, save it for text line Friday. Yeah, and <laughs> I got I, you guys mentioned Sheldon Keefe mm-hmm. um, with Cordo, asking him about him. He's pretty, win a lot of hockey games. He's 93, 41, and 15 through 149 games as NHL yeah. head, co- head coach. No, the, the numbers are off the charts. And, and, and I, don't, are, I guess he, my point is I don't think it's a guarantee for any coach that it's going to be that good. He has the fifth most wins through a head coach's first 150 career games behind the NHL bench, uh, behind the NHL bench in history of the league. Listen, he's coached one of the best regular season Toronto Maple Leaf teams in history. Yeah. But they stunk. They were stinking under Babcock. He turned them around. Like I know the 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 message had been soured, but like you have to give him credit because they they but, were they were in a tough go. But it, uh, Babcock also got you know he those those first years of developing and watching. Yep. And yep. Matthews and Marner, Morgan Riley's got playing to focus the best on hockey. Defense. All those guys he he they, aimed is, them towards. They're defense. in their prime right now. But Kipper, you played. Fi- when you you're play six, Texas Hold'em. When you're six years in, you, you're at your prime for sure. There's no I, doubt I about that. I have played. I have played. I'm not a big card I player. I guess I'm just like I've played with people who, if you deal them pocket rockets, they they're holding aces. They can misplay that hand. They can find a way to lose with a, with a good hand. And my point with Keith is that he was dealt good cards, yeah. but he's played the hand really well. I don't know what else he could do with this. No, group, so. and and oh. the. Oh, I know, Matthews, I know, I know. Well, I mean, the Marner, postseason is different. They're 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 <laughs> they're, they're hitting right now. They are. He's he's got some good players and uses them well. But yeah, postseason stuff that uh, that would be key. Uh, do you want to talk about the monster hits last night, or do you want to save that? No, no, oh, okay, uh, okay. No, sure. <laughs> no, end of show. Um, and the one you're talking about is a guy that we've talked a lot of the last little while. The the one that got away from Kyle Dubas, Marchman. Mason Marchment absolutely annihilated Trocheck. He did. That's one of the hardest hits from Carolina. So that's up there. Like that's as hard as the one where with the guy that Jarkera got hit. That didn't. He didn't get up like Trocheck did. Right. But like that's as hard of a hit. Like we, there needs to be some version of a. I know some Rock'em Sock'em or something where good clean hits like that are still cherished because yeah. that was delightful. Yeah, and that's what you hope. Richie was going to be able to do for the Leafs. It's a couple moments like that. Just you need two or three of those hits that can carry that reputation, and it changes. You don't come across the blue as casually. You you don't need that hit. You only need that hit to send the message that the next guy we you play against better keep his head up and better know when you're on the ice. Yeah. So that a hit like that will continue to give Mason Marchment so much room out there. I was watching that game last night. I was looking between that and I had the Raps game going too. I was watching everything as usual. Uh, I have no life. And <laughs> I I hate to have the thought, but I'm like, are the Leafs, like you, you asked Gordo, and it's a thought that's crossed my mind. You know, you watch the Leafs every night, so you nitpick all their things. And, you know, we don't want, I don't watch the, the Panthers every night. I don't watch Carolina every night. I know the Leafs just beat Carolina, but in a seven-game series, 
Are they going to be able to keep up with that speed and that physicality well, no. of Florida? And, and I love Gord to death, but watch needing that to, game was high, high level. That was a needing match. to refer way back to Winnipeg and Jason Spezza taking a run at um, I can't, I, I don't remember who. Pionk? No. Yeah, Neil Pionk. It was Pionk. Oh, it yeah. was Pionk. Pionk. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? My bad. And, and saying that, you know, that they, they've shown that side. No, no. We're talking about playing every other night in a high intensity for, for two months. They don't have that element. Mm-hmm. That was outside the box for, for Spezza. And, again, we saw Spezza do it two years ago in the playoffs when he fought against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Remember that? Yeah. Very they'll, well. They'll Which, do what it takes. But, but that is so outside of the realm, and that's the, that shouldn't be the guy that has to do it. Shouldn't be. Not at his age. Well, it just shows how he has evolved and learned to care, and pro- he recognizes the value of that, I think, which later is, in his career. Which is fine. Still don't want that guy leading that charge for yeah. you to try to win a Stanley Cup. They are going to have to outskill and outpower play four rounds to win a Stanley Cup. And there are, there are faults on every team. Yeah, Florida's bottom pair is Lucas Carlson and Brandon Montour. You know, Gustav Forsling's on their second pair. Like, they're not a flawless team. And to be honest, I don't know that Barkov and Huberdo are these physical menaces, but Florida has, oh, I know what they are. Huberdo's going to win the Hart Trophy. That goal that Barkov <laughs> if Matthews scored. Doesn't. That, that goal that Barkov scored last night is filthy. Yeah, I know. But nasty, behind. nasty, nasty. But I'm just saying, yeah. like, if you're going to criticize the Leafs, they're Listen. talented too. Those guys don't Ca- have that Ca- natural bite. Ca- Carolina's in charge closing out a game, and next thing you know, they've lost in overtime, and Ekblad, uh, Frederick Anderson lets in a leaky oh, Ekblad goal. Again. Oh, boy, right? that was this vintage. again. No, <laughs> but, but it kind of was. And you know Lee fans are sitting there going, I don't care what your numbers are. You're, no, you're that's gonna, the puck that goes you're, in. That's you're going to give up that leaky goal because we've seen it so many times as a Leaf. That, that one just – he's. He, can't let that in. No. No, I know. That that is a concern. And so we're talking. Every team has these concerns. I still I open the Tampa Bay Lightning page and look at their top guys and it's Palat and Kalorn and Point. And even you know, it's they all got a little bite. I saw you pick them bite. on TV. They all got a little bite, guys. Hey? I yes. saw you pick them on TV yes. last night. That fourth line I just mentioned. They're it's such a good hockey team. Still ch- uh time to work with Angval. Kipper. Kipper. That's bait. That's bait. Let's hit the break. <laughs> well, hire Carl Weathers to train him or something, you know? Is that miss is that for the guy from Rocky. Family Matters? No, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> That's Carl Winslow. Never mind. <laughs> okay, let's take a quick break. We got Max Talbot. Because it's Sid, because he's special. We'll get Max Talbot, uh, former NHLer and a guy that uh, knows Sid real well. Currently Assistant coach for San Diego Gulls in the AHL. He'll join us after the break. You're listening to Real Kipper and Bourne on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Waiting on Max Talbot. Going to join us, former NHLer, Stanley Cup champion with... Sidney Crosby, and one of those, just, you just remember him in the playoffs. I just remember the slap shot, game seven. 
You score both goals in game seven? Max, I get, I, I take it that uh, th- those stories of uh, that cup run in Pittsburgh never get uh, old, especially Game Seven. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. That's for sure. I mean, it's it's always good memories. No, oh, for sure. And you just watching Sid get his 500th goal, and and just your your initial thoughts. Uh, I know every once in a while I get. It's, it's like a movie reel when you think about your Stanley Cup run and, and the people around it. But your thoughts on, on watching Sid get 500 goals? Well, obviously, like, very strong emotion, uh, happiness for him to be able to play that long, obviously, and get that many goals. And, and for me, it's going down memory lanes also. You know, every time one of my ex-teammates does something special, you know, it kind of brings it back. And, and now you see Sid having 500 goals and, and still having the success he's having, still leading the Pittsburgh Penguins to another uh, uh, good season. So a uh, uh, pretty special moment. Have you seen an evolution in his game from uh, the, the beginning of his career to the way he plays now? I think so. I think I see a lot of maturity experience, obviously. You know, I, I was uh, talking, to, um, I'm now coach, obviously, in, in San Diego with, with the goals. And, and sometimes I can actually take experience from from him. Obviously, guys like to... The, the old stories, and I was talking to a player that, you know, I, I, I give Sid as an example, saying to the guy, I'm like, hey, you know, Sid was at the start, he, w- he would, you know, talk to the ref a little too much, he would get kicked out of face off, and he had bad habits in that regard, and he just, after a year or two, you know, he just got better at it, and, and that's to every single part of his game, you know, face off, the way that you shoot the puck, every summer, I feel he, he just goes back home and think about how he can get better, and obviously, you know, throughout the years, uh, he got better to a lot of things, even though he had a 100-point season his first couple of years. So, uh, pretty special guy. And that's on the ice. Off the ice, I see a big change in him as well. Uh, very reserved early on and, and at times shy. Never been a social media guy, so that's not important to him. But he's also evolved as a person off the ice as a leader. I, just speaking to a, f- a few guys uh, around the organization, more attention to detail to the whole organization. I don't know if it's going to lead him to management one day, but bringing, making sure you know what's in, in the minors in Wilkes-Barre, uh, that attention uh, to detail from that side has really evolved over the years too. Well, it wouldn't be surprising, you know. He he's obviously a student in the game. Uh, he dedicated his life to to hockey, and and he, he's so respected. And and to that regard, I feel he, he always do, does stuff, you know, for a purpose, obviously, but not to draw attention, you know. And that's something he's respected for from all the players and from you know the league in general. I think because he does it for the right reasons. And and obviously, uh, I was reading stories about. Whether Mike Rupp, you know, texting him, and and obviously I think uh, a lot of guys did when when he got his big nights, and and I think he, he probably answered to every single one of us, you know, and that that's just to prove how, how special he is and and how a uh, real four for the game is. Max, are you surprised that you know Malkin, Latang, Crosby, those guys are continuing to be able to lead a team? Um, I, you know, I know the toll it must take on a body playing at that high level in those playoff games. Are you surprised they're able to keep it up this long? Not really, not really. No. You know, if you look at it, no, because you know they're they're obviously very professional and they're very uh, they, they love hockey and it created something among themselves that it, it's fun to come to the rink in Pittsburgh. You know, and, and they stay young and they're having fun. And that was always the thing I, I, I loved about Pittsburgh is that 
my time there, my first six years there, was were just so special because mm-hmm. we were a young group, but because we would show up to the rink and the rink was the destination, you know, and, and by having that, that attitude as a player, I think it, it makes you want to keep playing for as long as you can. And, and I feel it doesn't take that, that much of a mental load because you are so, you're, you're going to the rink with a great attitude and that's important. You know, if you look at other market, you, you try to, you know, make the playoff every year. It's a grind. It might not be the best situation possible. Then that will make you uh, feel older or, you know, yeah. get older mentally in, in some regards. So, so these three guys, I was surprised in the whole season when I read that uh, it's actually the, the longest standing trio uh, for a number of years. They played together with 16, I think, wow. uh, in, the history, in the history of the NHL. So that was a stat that kind of surprised me. I don't know. I was thinking about, you know, the Montreal Canadiens back in the days or, you know, but no, it's these three, Malkin, Crosby, and Latang. So that was uh, pretty interesting to read. Well, I'm fascinated by what you just said, the phrase, the rink was a destination. You know, like sometimes I'm sure you've been on some teams where it felt like the opposite of that, somewhere you just had to go, um, you know, out of an obligation more than a destination. Like, is that something you try to create as a coach? And can it be created, uh, you know, consciously, or does it kind of have to happen organically? Yeah. You know, it is so important to me. I mean, it's my first season assistant coach, and and I think it, it's it's one of the most important thing to create a culture. You know, and I always think about that again when I, I think about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Even though you know Sidney Crosby might retire, I don't know, hopefully in ten years, but uh, let, let, let's give it a, a fictional number of five. Well, I think what is done for the the market of Pittsburgh will endure just by players. Uh, in that organization, having played with them, having, you know, lived the culture of the Pittsburgh Penguins, that will transpire through just having touched the ice with Sid and having seen his habit and how he does it every day. So he's created that, that place uh, of uh, kind of a destination for the players, for the fans also. I feel like Pittsburgh is such a great hockey market with the media are supportive of the team. And, and you know, that's, that's important also. You know, they're... they're they're fans of the team, and they sell the game, and and the community around the the, the Penguins has been great. So all of this makes it for a perfect uh, recipe in Pittsburgh. We're speaking to Max Talbot, former NHLer and Stanley Cup champion with the Pittsburgh Penguins, along with Sidney Crosby, and coaching now in uh, San Diego in the AHL. Max, take me to those early years in Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I I have this theory, and I've been on enough teams to know that. Every dressing room, sometimes you, you get one or two guys who have like an internal competition within your own room. And those early years, I saw like Malkin and Crosby, both centermen, both top scorers, you know, kind of battle it out a little bit for maybe uh, that, that top spot. And I just think once Malkin came to the conclusion that Crosby's the man and I could really be set up well as the number two guy, I think that's when things really fell in placely nice for, for Pittsburgh. But maybe you can speak to that more. Yeah, well, I can add the word healthy, you know, and healthy competition. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, to build a team, you always need that. You know, it was never one one player against the other one. It was always kind of together. And, and for them to become such good friends, right, they, they lived so much together. And, it's funny how they were, yes, Evgeny Malkin assisted the most on, on, on the, the amount of assists in Crosby's goal, but, you know, if you look at them in a different way, they, they were never great as, as on one line together. You know, 
I feel like there were always one at the top and then the other one and one would get hurt and then the other one would take over and, and that was the, the, the magic about these two, right? Uh, but, but the healthy competition and the, the, the healthy friendship they had is really pure and honest. And, and when the two of them are at their best, uh, well, the Pittsburgh Penguins are, are unstoppable. You know, Max, a lot of people think of the huge goals you scored in the postseason. Um, you hear in Toronto, they think of the goals they don't score in the postseason. What is your experience with the playoffs being a different kind of season in the NHL? Well, it's the truth, right? We look at our situation here in San Diego and and we keep telling our players, you know, we just got to get in. And I think once we'll be in, we'll we'll have success, right? We we have to try to make the playoffs and any team can beat any team because even you look at us in 2009, it's one of the best examples. You know, in February, we were out of the playoffs and we had to win so many games to get into the playoffs. We Unfortunately, Michel Terry got fired in the process. Dan Balsma came in with a new, you know, kind of uh, attitude. And then we, everybody, everything gelled at the right time. And when you make a playoff push like that, it gets you in the playoff and you have to live through adversity and get the team closer. And I think that's one of the part of success. Uh, so uh, it, it can't be too easy. The season can't be too easy. You have to grind. You have to go through, you know, hard time to make yourself, uh, you know, to, to, to know that you, you can go through it because in playoffs uh, it happens fast, but it's such a, it's a mental state. You have to be so strong mentally. You have to be prepared and you have to kind of have that belief and that, that, that you can win. So obviously the mental side of, uh, of the thing and the belief is so important for a playoff team. God, it seems like a million years ago, uh, but you look down the middle of that ice and, Crosby, Malkin, and, and some guy named Jordan Stahl. Like, can you think of a – and you uh, coming in as well. Like, one of the best in history or modern-day history, that, that center ice position. You can't think of a better one. It, it, you know what? And we like, – I will repeat it because it is so important for, for every young kid playing hockey. We had so much fun coming to the rink. You know, we would stay on the ice forever, and we were there. We were passionate. We were all the same kind of uh, age group and living all the same things off the ice also. But we we could stay at the rink for, you know, the whole day, just, you know, having fun and, and joking and, and playing, I don't know, two pucks. So you look at this, this yeah, center line. They're, they're big, they're strong, uh, and they were very tough to, to play against. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty special uh, uh, center line for sure. Hey, Max, with uh, Marty St. Louis going from coaching peewee kids to the Montreal Canadiens, your bags must be packed already waiting for a call from some team now. From eh? Marty in the offseason. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, I, I don't mind the strategy of thinking outside the box and, and you know, bringing a guy with, with a lot of passion and, and that, that, that's done it all, right? Uh, he, he, he's such a great player that, that played the uh, – you look at all famers in – He's won. He knows what it takes, and uh, I'm sure he's going to bring some of that passion to, to the Montreal Canadiens, so uh, I don't mind the move. Max, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for sharing some uh, Sid stories with us as we anticipate uh, puck drop uh, between the Penguins and the Leafs tonight at Scotiabank Arena. Thanks for doing this, Max. Thank you. My pleasure. Have a good one. Thanks, Max. Max Talbot. Bye. Kipper, can I hit you with some Max Talbot stats right now? Um, in the QMJHL, 
Talbot had 1.2 points per game in the regular season in 250 games. In the playoffs, uh, he played 50 playoff games, uh, 1.6. So his point per game yeah. went way up. How about this? NHL, 0.29 in the regular season. Playoffs, 84 playoff games, 0. almost 5. Almost some, some guys just rise. They just, it's their time. Yeah. I, got, I, got a, I love that. I got much a much better producer in the postseason. That's I got heard of. I got a glimpse of that in New York with Glenn Anderson. Oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Just loves that time of year. And you can almost watch him just absorb the moment and, and know that this is, this is his time. Yeah. I love that. It's great. Absolutely love it. You that. know, uh, you forget, too, that Dan Bilesma came in and really saved that year. Mm-hmm. Again, fired. Expectations. And we're talking about Boost Brujo coming in and having an impact. But, and now, you know, it's early for Jaybird Woodcroft. But, <laughs> but <laughs> Dan Bilesma went something like 20 to th- twenty and three yeah. to close out uh, their playoff birth and, and go on to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. I mean, there is something to allowing the players a fresh restart, like just hitting the reset button and saying, we got a new guy. We're starting over. You know, how much can you really change as a coach? Not that much. But just to give everyone that that clear checkpoint, things are different from here, uh, I think it makes a huge difference for teams that have a chance to win a cup. We've talked about marquee games for the Leafs this year. We built up Colorado. We've built up Carolina. Does this one have a, even a... It's different feel to it because it's Sidney Crosby still at the height of his yeah. his career. Well, yes. the, the way Pittsburgh's going to me really makes this an exciting one. To be honest, there's a lot that that exciting that it's back in the arena and there there's some fans, fans. there that Sid's back and the Penguins are rolling. That both I teams like, are pretty healthy. Yeah, you know? both teams are healthy and and really there's some pressure ramping up on the Leafs, like the goaltending position. We're talking about it more. The defense position is kind of you know there's still a lot of questions. I think the. the <laughs> Where they're vulnerable and will be tonight is on the blue line. And it, it gets old, but it, it has to be said. And we're not the only ones that know that there's issues out there. Sheldon Keep, we've got a clip of him talking about his, his blue line and uh, where Travis Dermott fits in in all this tonight. Yeah, you hope so. Anytime that, you know, that that's the case, you hope that guy will step in and, and recognize an opportunity that's come available and, and take advantage of it. That's really what you're looking for. I mean, we've, it's not the first time that he's, he's had to take some time off and, and reflect and all those kind of things or, you know, be part of rotation of moving guys in and out. So it's, yeah, you just expect the guy to go in and be energized and, you know, it was, uh, you know, it's, not an easy road trip that we were just on <clears throat> and you know he's still part of the travel and all those kind of things but not playing the games that we expect he's you know can, can bring some extra energy tonight you know they're begging for Dermot to figure it out you know because it you know we talked about Kasperi Kapanen with Brian Burke earlier in the show and he mentioned that you know Kapanen is a fast guy a top six skill guy you know, physical can shoot it all these sort of things hasn't quite pieced it together with some consistency. You could talk about Dermot in a similar light. What can't he do? Skates. Skates really well, right? He, he can shoot it fine, but he's strong, very strong guy. 
you know, at some point you're saying, okay, you know, you got to figure this out or you're going to have to endure some hardship, which is getting traded or cut or waived or whatever that means. I, traded. But that's <laughs> that, that's not happening. He's you, not figuring it out. Has anyone ever? Some guys do. D do. The best case scenario long-term is Travis gets traded to another team and they see you in a different light and perhaps you can start a season in the three, four slot, but he is what he is right now. I don't see anything changing. He will be that, that five, six, seventh guy who at That's the end of the day, to be one of those, if you defend and get off the rink, but he's not awesome at that. I mean, he's great through the neutral zone and closing gaps and stuff, but in the D zone, I mean, but he's better than anything else you have in that role right now. Well, that's, right? that's another conversation. That, that, that's, that's it. You don't have anyone better to play that role right now that, that can carry even his experience. At the end of the day, he's, he is an NHL experienced player, and there is value in that. I assure you there are 12 teams right now that are thinking about uh, five, six, seven, and eight on their depth roster after uh, you lose the salary cap at the end of the regular season. Mm-hmm. They would take Dermot. There's a lot of teams out there a good point. That, that would love <coughs> Dermot to come in and play the role of Luke Shen for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. You can come in. You could sit for the first two rounds, but game three of the conference final, I may need you to come in and play 14, 16 minutes yeah. and not kill us. I think Travis Dermott's more than capable of doing that. So you guys talk about... Yeah, I agree. Uh, weekend came back there for a second. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I just... Him talking about him coming in with energy concerns me a touch, you know? Because he's a guy that we know what he can play like sometimes. House on fire. Twitchy. From time to time. Trying to do a little too much. Spin moves dancing of his own zone, kind of trying to move the puck up a little bit too much from time to time. I don't know. I just, a guy that hasn't played in a long time and looks like he's trying to get his opportunity back here, playing against a good Pittsburgh Penguins team. That part of it concerns me a little bit of him playing a little bit too aggressive. Great test. It is. For, for this blue line, it's yeah. a great test. And, you know, I'm comparing them to, the bar is not, are you better than a league average team? Because they are, right? The Leafs are. You know, and that decor you mentioned, Dermot would be welcome on most bottom pairs. Fine. You know, I, I agree with that too. I'm looking at Tampa Bay's decor, Kipper, and right now it's Hedman and Ruda, McDonough and Chernak on the second pair, and Sergachev and Calfoot on the third pair. You know, there, that's a separation to me. That That's a Stanley Cup separation. And I, I don't expect them to be able to replicate that with Travis Dermot. But you have to be... He has to provide something. So you mentioned another team see him in a different light. Why can't the Leafs find a way to let him reinvent himself? A PK guy, a physical guy, sit him out for a month and say, figure it out. Because you don't have that luxury. Correct. You don't have, your team's not deep enough to do that. You just need to give him a fresh slate somehow. Because I do believe he's talented. He'll get it somewhere else, but not between now and the end of this this season. Yeah. Including the playoffs. Because to me, he's still on my third pair. If, If playoffs start today... He's on the third pair with Sandine. That's the third pair. Lilligren's not in. Yeah. I, I keep saying this, and some people don't get it, but you need 
nine or ten defensemen to win a Stanley Cup. Christian nine or ten, Rubens. not not six or seven, nine or ten. Mm-hmm. And look at the Leafs' schedule coming in. All of a sudden, on average, they're almost playing every other day. Watch. They might. We were joking around the last few weeks. They don't play. They've got they got a GTHL schedule. Play once Zig a week. Zig 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 schedule, right? <laughs> But now, Thursday, Saturday. now it's changing. Now watch some guys maybe going down, injuries, suspensions. Once you get into the playoffs playing every other night at that high intensity, like I said, you, you need eight or nine from the Marlies, call-ups, whatever the case is, you need guys sitting there waiting to get in. So you just talked about the schedule picking up here. Mm-hmm. So they play tonight. Then they play Saturday against the Blues. Then they go Monday, Montreal, Tuesday, Blue Jackets, Thursday, Wild, Saturday, Red Wings. They're coming fast and furious here, these games. Yeah, so are pulled groins, and so are bruised ribs, and uh, a slight slight separation. So Also, it's February. Kasha Kasha (laughs) getting hit in the head, (laughs) leaving the game, coming back, leaving the game. Load management for a couple guys. So this is... This, it's depth. You need depth. They're all searching for it right now. Yeah. No, and I Muzzin, I, we talked about that with Gord Stellick. He's got he's to gotta play large here. He's going to have to show people that uh, he's, he's back. Yeah. Is it a health issue? I did like Is Gord's it a confidence? Point. Like, we get on these, like, trends where you, like, view a guy a certain way. Oh, he's struggling. So you just assume, like... Give him a fair shake tonight. I'm going to give him a fair, fresh start in my mind. All these guys, I, you know, it's a. You are. I am. Wow. I'm going to How... come out of the fresh light tonight. And and Sheldon does the same thing. You could hear it in his comments. Uh, Justin Hall's a a perfect example of that. Yep. Listen, listen to Sheldon Keith speak of Justin Hall. Um, but you look at some of the things that that go bad. Uh, I think it's more. Uh, compounding situation. It's not just one mistake. It's usually one mistake, which leads to a second and a third, and then a great deal of fatigue, and then there's a breakdown, and the puck goes in. That's what I have seen. Uh, so, and it's not just on those guys. It's on our team of how we manage a mistake when it happens to not let it compound to when we get the next touch on a puck. I mean, we look at you look at the goal um, the other night. Their their first goal. You know, that's that's a. That's a really tough shift, you know, where a lot has gone wrong, and then all of a sudden we have the puck and things are, have a chance to settle down, and then we turn, turn it back and come back to our own end, and that's when the bad break happens where it hits the referee. Uh, so that's, to me, we're not just we're not managing the situation well, and that's really nothing to do with Muzzin Hall in that particular case, um, but it's the things that have happened uh, you know, prior to that that we want to get better. That's what I get out of Sheldon Keep, though. He loves you. Until he doesn't love you, <laughs> so who but that might be on? that might be on, on any coach. Yeah, but who is he picking on for the Leafs lately? Uh, it's Willie. Willie again. He, you know, he, he says sometimes we make that mistake. Uh, you know, we got the chance to move on, and then we send it back in our we own. We take zone. a lazy penalty. We take a lazy. We, he's like quietly taking shots at Willie in like several interviews in a row. Yeah, uh, without directly naming him. So we we speak of Sydney versus Matthews, but it's. Tavares versus Malkin tonight and Nylander versus Jeff Carter tonight. Oh, 
That's the second line. No, Nylander, in his mind, he's going after his buddy Cappy. That's, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're besties for life. No, you're right, though. You're right. That is the matchup, and it is going to be a great test for them to see. You know, I actually hate this expression, but it, it is big boy hockey against Jeff Carter. It's big boy hockey. Nylander's now, what, a couple goals in 15 games? Yeah, he's it's had. really cooled off. Been cold. Yeah, yeah, I would say cold is the is a fair but assessment at this point. Listen, we don't need to do it again, but it's that's that's him. That's yeah. what happens. Like he can be as hot as you want, and he he's always going to have these ups and downs, and it's fine because so, because his ups are incredible, and he's yes. a, he gets smoking hot, and that's fine. That but is. he's always going to come with the other side of it. Yeah. So this is the and a little criticism from your head coach from time to time. Yep. Well, he eventually has to pull out the stick. It's carrot, 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 and then it's like fine. Here's the lash. Here you go. So. You know, all these things we're discussing are shaped around the idea of trade deadline and can you fix it, right? That's the under undertone of all this is what can you do? One of the pieces that is out there right now is back playing is Nick Robertson. He's playing, uh, you know, playing well for the Marlies right now, back yes. healthy and someone. Don't forget, this guy played for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the play-in series against the Columbus Blue Jackets two years ago. Block that out. Yep. So he was asked about the potential for being traded and he says... Uh, let me grab this here. Anything's possible, he says, about the that he could get dealt. I've got to prepare myself and showcase myself for any possibilities. He says, I've seen guys get traded when they don't expect to. He said, after the deadline, if I'm here, I'm here. I don't know what's going to happen. I keep it real with myself. That's their direction. That's their direction. So the, the best part of the quote is, sometimes teams get a lot of players, and sometimes they don't get an opportunity. Uh, but there's another opportunity that will give their young guys an opportunity. At this point, I want to be healthy and playing. I want to be in the NHL. I think I deserve to, and I think I'm working towards that. I want to prove that for sure. So Nick Robertson is like, you know, to me, sounds like a guy who knows Toronto might not be it. He's a winger and a winger stack team. The opportunity doesn't feel like it's there for him. The Leafs are a team yeah. that has holes they need to fix. I'm saying I think Nick Robertson is a likely trade ship for this team. When I threw out Nick Robertson being part of a deal that could get you a Sam Bennett, it was always under the impression that Nick Robertson's timing and the Leafs' timing don't add up. Right. There's, it's and not about is, the player. It's about the timing. It's about – exactly. And it's crystal clear that Nick Robertson still has a chance to be a good, if not a great player in the National Hockey League and maybe one day score 35 goals. His brother's an all-star at age 22. Nick's 20. But it wasn't happening a year ago when, it, when he was actually playing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't happening. It's not happening now. And there's a very good chance that it won't happen by next Christmas. So what good is he if you have to win now? And that's why you need a Nick uh, Robertson to fix the, how do you do it now? He was a logical choice. Yeah. And Kyle's still new to this. And the tendency is when you've, got these guys that you've drafted and you've groomed and you've get, gotten them from one place to another that you, you're, cheer, you're, you're cheering for them for no other reason because they're a feather in your cap. You look good. You're right. And you, and you fall in love with these players mm-hmm. and they're hard to let go. Happens in baseball all the time. Does it? 
where guys, you know, where people protect their prospects because they draft and they develop them and you don't want to trade them. But I'm on a huge trade and promise for for prove it yeah. basically. Yeah. Right. Well, I love that. I, I always. Uh, and they needed they needed actually to move him earlier. earlier. I was going to say, I the always value think that if was you traded up. every pick, you'd probably be all right. <laughs> Whatever you can move. And, and listen, maybe he gets hot in the American Hockey League and, and Dallas. He's wants got five to, points in five games. They want to put the brothers together and they overpay a little bit. But there's also a chance that someone can go, he's never going to be like his brother. He's too light. He's He's got a little caution in him where he leaves himself vulnerable and he gets hurt all the time and not interested. Yeah. You I, just need one, though. I think it's a mutually beneficial beneficial thing for Nick Robertson and the Leafs for a trade. Don't you? Yeah, you know, it's We're, the old got, thing where, like, you're probably best if you keep him and he scores 35 goals for a bunch of seasons in a row. But, to Kipper's point, the timing is just yeah, bad. But, By the way, I need to clarify before you say anything yeah, that ahead. those quotes were from uh, Joshua Cloak in The Athletic. He there had an exclusive on that. So, anyway. Great, great job. Great. Uh, those, are good, those are good quotes. So, yeah. I, I just, I think it's a good spot and for both sides. Nick's starting to read the tea leaves here. How could you not? Well, yeah, and, uh, he wants, he wants to play. And, he wants to play in the NHL yesterday. And it's it's not happening right now. It's brutal too, because during like the start of COVID, the the true scary pandemic, no one knew if we could leave our houses, wiping off our groceries phase. He decided to stay in Canada, right? Instead of going to the World Juniors, if I'm yes, not mistaken, correct? He, because he was so committed to the NHL and playing for the NHL club, and wanted to demonstrate that to the organization. So this guy has, you know, drafted, been a great. You know, wore the blue and white through and through. It, it, you know, there's just no guarantee right now that he's going to be a part of it in in a month or two, and that's not about the way he's played, just about the timing. His brother is one of the least talked about stories in the NHL. The guy's sick. Oh he's my a god, star, so good. Uh, before we go, I want to get this get this in because uh, there's a legend on the on the station today, uh, Matt Sundin on the morning show. And I was jealous of that get by my boy Daniele. Yeah. Good job. I know. Sorry, boys, I let you down. But we have that. <laughs> we have that Miss Sundin clip. Uh, our boy Bunkus asked um, Sundin about you, Kipper, and I want. I wanted to get that. I wanted to get that played. So let's and you can also tell uh, Nick that he was. I remember when I started my career with the Quebec Nordiques. We played the Hartford Whalers, and Nick Kiprios was on the other team, and he was really hard on me from the other bench. You can tell him that. It kind of gave me a spark to, to get better, but he, he was one of the worst agitators just by mouthing off all the time when I played him. That doesn't sound like you. Oh, my God. So make sure you go and listen to find their podcast, listen to him. He said tons of great stuff about the Leafs and everything. Wish that he had a set on our show. Anyways. Really good stuff by uh, the morning show. Want to make sure we pimp that out there, but man. Well, first of all, he just we were the Hartford Whalers. We're getting our asses kicked, and they're flying around like crazy. And Matt's, I think, you knew he was going to be a star. Yeah, but he also was like thin as a rail and <laughs> had hair back could then. Tread water in a test tube, so I. <laughs> I'd, I'd bust on him there, and you know he had a, <laughs> I, I had nothing. I really yeah. had nothing to stop these guys, and he had a bit of a you know early acne issue. So you know, <laughs> made may have made past a couple mention. of comments about pizza, oh, God. pepperonis. <laughs> that was really mean back then. Yeah, well, really listen, mean. that's kind of and life it did it ice. did no good. He, he he beat us up well before he was a leaf. Yeah. He was beating us up in the uh, Adams division, but you knew he was going to be a superstar. Yeah. 
Well, he's a lot of man. I mean, in terms of physical height, obviously he took some filling out over the years. But, but it's funny that and he, he stood up for me in my wedding as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> Can you believe how nice of a guy he is? He could let me say those things to him, and he still came to my wedding. Wow. Wish I. Well, I, I don't been. think you were born the back. I was going to say I would have been a big fanboy anyway. Uh, he loves he, he loves the Leafs right now. That core. He's uh, he he spoke very highly of the core. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, seeing, him say, core, right? seeing him say that stuff just warms my heart. He's my all-time favorite hockey player, Sunday. Love him. Well, I'm not, you know, I don't know what to say about that. You know, I, I guess Toronto Maple Leafs in your era, the, what choices did he have? I was trying not to <laughs> trip the teams. But it was amazing <laughs> who, teams. Who are you selecting between? Oh, Tucker, <laughs> you know, Roberts, Newendike, you know, McCabe, Coberley, Cujo, Belfour. Lots of great names. You're right. They were close. Eh. No, no, were no. they? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Just trying to be yeah, nice to I Matt. Know. I don't know if they trying to make up those. my horrible was, comments to him. He was hurt a you lot. Guilty about that? He was hurt a lot during those years. There's a lot of playoffs that he'd go into, and he was hurt. And there's sometimes he'd be coming back from injury. God, I just just one of those. If we had a got, you know. Anyways, yeah. there you go. <laughs> there's the flashback. I think like once a month we touch on 1993 or so around here. So what do we think tonight, boys? Predictions. I, I, I think the Leafs win tonight. Really? Yeah, I do. I think. Uh, I, I hope there's good energy out of the ten thousand. Oh, there will be. And it's. I, I hope they're psyched for this. I really do. I think that uh, you should look at Sid right now. If you're Matthews or Tavares, and. Just find a way to be better than him and Malkin tonight for for sixty minutes. Yeah, when I when I pull up the you know the sport logic stats and comparing the two teams, like this Penguins team is solid all the way through. I mean, offense, defense, goaltending, they they are really good at pretty much every position. What it comes down to for me, uh, what what are we at with Campbell? You know, Campbell had a good last showing. He's in the net tonight. Tristan Jari's, you know, a Vesna hopeful this season, this guy, this year, having a wonderful season. Can he answer the bell, uh, outplay the guy at the other yeah. end of the rink? Because, uh, you know, he he hasn't for a yeah. while. Yeah. And we need to see that. Yeah. They they There's going to have to be an element of the Leafs game tonight that, that shut down this Pittsburgh Penguin team. Mm-hmm. And, yes, they could still – Get their goals. They can create their offense, but there has to be an element of shutdown, and that's where Muzzin has to maybe calm a few nerves, maybe around Leaf management, that he is still one of the better shutdown guys in the league, and that's why he's making $5.6 million. Yeah, so you need those guys to answer the bell, and what goes with that is um, rush chances. So the Leafs are excellent at everything, too, defensively. They're second last in the NHL in terms of allowing rush chances against. The Penguins are a top five team at creating rush chances. So that's something to look for tonight is, you know, are the Penguins having a track meet at mm. Jack Campbell? Um, you know, with with the, the Leafs deep pinching too much, they're going to need to, you know, good gaps and, and forwards above and all that sort of thing to slow down Pittsburgh's speed. Leafs get a chance to impress a lot of people around the league with a big win against Pittsburgh. We'll see how that plays out. Did you catch Colorado going in and ruining uh, Jack Eichel's uh, debut? I did. I saw Nathan McKinnon put a little shoulder kiss on uh, Nolan Patrick's jaw. Oh, you got to feel for Patrick again. Yeah, man. He's having having a tough go. You you worry long-term about his future in the league. And Colorado gets to stay in Vegas for the next 
few days. Oh, there's nothing. I, I played them in the ECHL, and it was, you got to win in Vegas. You yeah, never and do. They did. But... <laughs> that, that for sure was incentive for them to beat Vegas last night is knowing yeah. the great time that they're going to have the next few days the in Vegas. The trick is to bring the team day of the game, not the day before. Then you got a chance to win. All right, our thanks to Brian Burke, Gord Stellick, Max Talbot on the Real Kipper and Boren Show. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be back here tomorrow to recap it all. Thanks for listening, everyone.